Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Chris. And my name is Anthony. Hello, Anthony. Hi. What's going on, man? Oh, you know, it's a Monday. You didn't say anything, but I got new glasses this weekend. Did you? Yeah. I wouldn't know. Oh, they look a little different. (laughs) I don't see your face often enough to know (laughs) what your glasses look like or if you have multiple pairs or... So I, I got my prescription redone. Oh, okay. And so I went to the eye store. The eye store, the the eyeglasses store, um, and I got some sure. actual expensive, nice metal frames. And then they were like, "Well, if you get any frame that's more than like a hundred dollars, you get these frames free." And I was oh. like, "Cool." So I went and looked at it. There are a couple that I liked and didn't like, but these I intentionally got the most '80s looking. Yeah, I can see that glasses that I could get. So these are just for around the house or when I don't want to. Sure, know, sure. I need to go to the eye store as well. <laughs> the eye store. It's down there next to the cop shop, right? Yeah. PSA, get your uh, eyes checked like every year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't I like dramatically improving your prescription. Like it's just like I could see crystal clear before, but after putting these on, it's like, oh, it's 4K now. Yeah. Crystal was a little <laughs> less blurry than you remember. Her. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So but I don't think that uh, I don't think that we made a podcast to talk about your eyesight. We should. Uh, we should. <laughs> that'll be that'll be our next one. The the eye shop guys. Four eyes. Four eight eight eyes. After I go to the eye shop. <laughs> well, what did we make a podcast to talk about today? <laughs> On the Sci Fi Wise Guys podcast, we watch and review straight to stream science fiction visual entertainment media, be it movies, TV shows, shorts, what have you. Today we watched. The 2021 American science fiction action film, Cosmic Sin. Cosmic Sin. Yes. I was very interested by this, the name of this movie. Aptly named. (laughs) Do you remember how I said that I I felt like this was like a spiritual prequel to Breach? Yes. Yes, I do. I've got good news for you. Oh, no. The director of this movie, Edward Drake, he's a suitor. He's a suitor. He wrote and produced Breach. Oh, my gosh. Uh, they're both Saban films, uh, distributed by Saban films in our region, being the North American region. They both star Bruce Willis. They both are, they have space scenes. There are pseudo zombies involved. All right. Before we get too far into it, do you want to read us a blurb? In the year 2524, a disgraced retired general is called back into combat to help prevent an interstellar war against a hostile alien fleet. The IMDb blurb, a little different actually this time, seven rogue soldiers launch a preemptive strike against a newly discovered alien civilization in the hopes of ending an interstellar war before it begins. Well, this is a movie that I chose for more or less. I'd like you to give your initial thoughts and opinions and maybe, just maybe, throw some fact at the wall and see what sticks. I'll throw all the facts at you. (laughs) I'm going to surprise no one listening by sharing that this movie on IMDb is rated 2.5 stars out of 10 with a median score of 2. 39.8% of the just over 9,000 IMDb users that rated this gave it a 1 out of 10. It is rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Three <laughs> percent, really? yes, three percent. The crit- critics' consensus states <laughs> this is actually pretty good. Let he who is without cosmic sin cast the first stone, 
and possibly use it to rouse Bruce Willis from the slumber he seems to be in throughout this dreadful sci-fi blunder. <laughs> I'm going to skip over to Metacritic real quick. Nine Metascore with a 1.2 user score. <laughs> well, I Just do believe re- you. But I, I deliberately yeah. skipped over. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, know you heard, I know you saw it. And the listeners out there who are keen and, and just eager to hear these things that they can also look up on the internet. Surprisingly, on Rotten Tomatoes, with over a thousand ratings, the audience score is 62% fresh. Okay. Point blank. Before going any further. Yes. W- which score do you agree with the most out of all of them? 3% tomato meter. <laughs> Okay, three out of a hundred's about right. I guess we're going to just dive right into to my thoughts and opinions, as Please. we are wont to do. We're going to keep coming back to that 62%, because I am... Did they pay for reviews? Is that a thing that Saban Films did? I don't understand. Look, this film is not good. It is... It's got Bruce Willis, we've already mentioned. It's got Frank Grillo. This is his third movie uh, with Frank Grillo in it that we've reviewed yes. this year, actually. Yeah. He's making the rounds. Frank Grillo has the most intentional spots on the oh, side yes. of Wise Guys podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. Because he was in Boss Level. Fantastic film. He was in Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. And then he yeah. was in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, the only person that has more, well, the only, I guess the only people would be the, the Mythica crew. Specifically, though, out of the Mythica crew, our leading lady. Yeah. And Nicola Posner. But what I mean is we intentionally were like, hey, you know, we watched this movie with Nicola Posner. And then we watched another movie that she just happened to be in. That we Yeah, she was an accident for. like a lot and of then, times. Yes. And then that happened yet again. And then it was like, OK, we'll just continue to watch movies with her in it. But I, I did not anticipate when I woke up January 1st, 2021, that we would <laughs> watch and record podcasts over three movies that Frank Grillo, I didn't even know his name until this year. They got progressively <laughs> worse. All right. So just to, to the rest of the crew, I didn't, or the, uh, the cast, excuse me. I didn't recognize any of them. None of them stood out to me. Braxton Ryle, or excuse me, uh, Brandon Thomas Lee as Braxton Ryle, Corey Large as Dash, C.J. Perry as Sol Cantos, 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 Perry Reeves as Dr. Lee Goss, or Goss, Lachlan Monroe as Alex Locke, and Castus Mandalore, okay, as Marcus Black. There's a few other names here, but I don't remember them from the movie, so I'm skipping them. Uh, Then we get into Alliance Soldier number three, that type of thing. No, sorry. One more. Eric Barark, Barark as Bruce Willis photo double. All right. Baroque. Baroque. Is that how you spell that? Interesting. Okay. So Bruce Willis didn't even show up for the days where they just needed pictures. (laughs) They sent this guy in instead. And he, you know, he does look like Bruce Willis. That's, (laughs) That's uncanny. Good for him. We've already in past episodes broken down Bruce Willis. And we really didn't need to because everyone knows who Bruce Willis is. We've already in the past broken down Frank, Frank Grillo. I don't care about the rest of these actors. It's, it's not good. This movie has a ton of really good ideas and it executes one of them okay. And the rest of them, it just is like, hey, it's like, hey, I have all the ingredients for this cake, but I'm going to like... This flower here, I'm going to water it down before I give it to you. And you just hold on to that flower. 
and it says we're supposed to use brown sugar, but I'm going to use cane sugar instead and about <laughs> half as much. You hold up, cup your hands. Yeah, I'll just pour that right in on top of the flour you're holding right now. It says baking soda, but baking powder is the same thing, right? Here's some baking powder. I'll just shake some in there. We'll do a little extra since it's powder instead of soda. That makes sense. And then they bake that cake and then they put a little bit of icing on it. The icing is named Bruce Willis's face on the cover of the movie. And the, the one thing I will will say is good about this film that I, 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 was, I was happy with, the one scene I enjoyed, and also the one thing outside of the movie that I really enjoyed. In the movie, they there's a spectacular, or at least to me, spectacular scene where they are in essentially spacesuits and they're flying through debris and a space battle. It reminded me a lot of Starship Troopers. Not that they do that exact thing, but just when the, when the Starship Troopers, when they get to the planet for the first time and the bugs are killing everybody intentionally and they're flying through all the debris. Yeah. Reminded me of that a bit. It was, I was really impressed. I was hoping it would turn around at that point. Second thing outside of the movie, the poster is a legitimately good movie poster. So many times with these just crappy B movies, we get a picture of somebody who's not even in the movie, a background that wasn't even in the movie props that don't make sense. But in here we actually like cosmic sin. There's Frank Grillo. There's Bruce Willis wearing power armor that's a little too light. There's a giant gate thing. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it, you know, it looks good. So I'm actually impressed with the, the distribution. And I think I was with Breach as well and with Occupation. So I think Saban Films does a pretty good job with their B-movies and the marketing thereof. Like, I think they know what they have, but they don't try to trick anybody into watching it like we've seen some. So I was happy with that. To some of my initial thoughts, the name of this movie is Cosmic Sin. It's named after the operation they're on to utterly destroy a uh, alien civilization that they just met for no reason other than that it's an alien civilization, which I thought was a really cool name for that type of operation. Like that's pretty clever. You can tell that someone was sitting on a back porch with a couple of beverages, looking up at the stars and came up with the word cosmic sin or the phrase cosmic sin and then wrote this film around that phrase. But overall, I think that this film is a is a sin and I hate myself <laughs> for having watched it. I regret starting this podcast with you, Chris. Mm. Everything good that has come because of this podcast yeah. and all the happiness I've gotten from it, you've now ruined. Fair enough. Well, done. What did uh, you think? The name, the name Cosmic Sin that you, you brought up, I do find it very interesting. Um, so the name in the movie or the name of the operation comes from the Dr whose Goss. name I already forgot, Dr. Leo Goss. She, I guess she writes her doctorate and her thesis. She says that essentially in the universe, when two civilizations meet that have gotten to the point where they can both travel through space, mm-hmm. it, conflict is inevitable. See, And, and unfortunately, yeah. to completely and utterly destroy another civilization would be a cosmic sin because you are... The, the fact that yeah. life even exists... You know, that, that, that's what she's referring to. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I do to interrupt you real quickly. Yeah, that's sure. not even an original idea. That is a I want to call it a branch. I might be wrong, but it's a branch of the the Fermi paradox about the contradiction. And I looked up the Fermi paradox so I could read it correctly. It is the apparent contradiction between the lack of evidence for extraterrestrial life and various high estimates for their probability. So there's all sorts of like people who've tried to say, why haven't we met aliens yet if there's got to be some out there, yada, yada, yada. And one of those hypotheses is, one of those theories is that every other civilization you meet that's at your level when you can go fly through space is 
you you just have no idea what they're capable of and you have to kill them as soon as possible or or risk you being killed by them. And that's an interesting idea. I love that idea. Like it's very different than the typical Star Trekian type or just typical alien invasion type science fiction we get. So it's a, the the core, it's an interesting idea, but they just butchered it. It felt weird giving her credit for it. Okay. But anyways, I'm sorry. You you carry on. We can talk about the Fermi <laughs> paradox some other time. I do want to talk about some of the actors that you just glossed over, which I think I I think was very rude. They glossed over their performances, therefore I gloss over my review. So Sol Contos is credited as CJ Perry. You mean CJ Perry played Sol Contos? Yeah. Oh, okay. The way you the way you said that that's was a I little said. weird. That's what yeah. I said. Uh-huh. It is 100%. Uh, Los, Los Contos is credited as. That's what I said. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> she has been in several WWE things. Oh, okay. So I messaged a mutual friend of ours who's an, into wrestling, and I said, if I were to say the words WWE and La- Lana to you, does it would it ring a bell? Uh, and he proceeded to tell me how, yes, she's been in a lot of things, and I think she's been in a really bad science fiction movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, he knew that because you messaged about it. So. And she was in Pitch Perfect. Oh, okay. Perry Reeves, who played Dr. Goss, has over 61 credits, mostly television. I don't think she was a bad actress, but she has been in a movie called The Jurassic Games, (sighs) which in the near future, 10 death row convicts are forced to compete in a virtual reality game that pits them against dinosaurs and each other. So like the Hunger Games. Turok? Jurassic Park. Is that not Turok? No, I don't think so. Oh. Well, I don't think anyone's a convicted felon in Turok. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, if you're going to mesh things together. Oh, fair enough. Adelaide Kane plays a young Fiona Arden. She's been in a bunch of TV and the Purge movie. And then I, I do want to go ahead and mention uh, a guy who died pretty early in this one. Alex Locke, played mm. by Lachlan Monroe. I immediately recognized this guy and I could not put a face to a name until I saw that he was in a bunch of episodes of Riverdale. Oh, um, which is a show that my wife has, I think, watched every episode. Is it any good? It's pretty. It's all right. I mean, yeah, it's, I've thought about it's it. It's just really dramatic. Yeah, it seemed a bit overly dramatic. But the idea yeah. of taking the Archie comics and making it an, you know, a modern yeah. kind of edgy teen thing, uh, you know, I wasn't against the idea. And then anything Corey to make you not talk about this movie for a few seconds. <laughs> Corey Large, producer on a lot of things. Uh, more producer credits than acting credits, I'm afraid. Okay. He was also in Breach. He's a character oh. called Lincoln. <laughs> I uh, didn't recognize him. No, I didn't either. So a couple holdovers. The old cosmic sin. The old cosmic sin. I agree with the 3% rotten. Oh. But that, I that do, pause there. Oh. I do also agree a little bit with the 62% audience score. This movie does have a lot of problems. And it's something that I mentioned in our Discord. Is it weird that every bad movie has bad pacing? No. Like, I just, I feel like so much stuff happened so quickly in this movie that I wasn't even ready. Like, we get our little prologue. We get our little text on the screen, and that was pretty cool. And then within seconds, we're on a random planet. Yep. And there's aliens. And the aliens and start shooting at us, which is cool. We start shooting at them first if you want to get technical about right. it. Well, I mean, we're aliens to them, so. True. Didn't think about that. 
And then the next thing we know, we're at a bar with Bruce Willis for some reason. <laughs> well, he's the blood general. And I don't know. It just moves really, really fast. And it makes sense later on in the movie when they talk about how they didn't get authorization from the Alliance Senate for this operation, that they were just going to nuke him, which is kind of cool. I thought the idea of a quantum bomb that creates an artificial black hole, I thought that was yeah. really neat. Somebody mentioned that if this accidentally goes off, it'll destroy everything from here to Pluto. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a that's a big bomb. <laughs> And then um, how pretty much they stole, like, they not only stole the plot of an episode of Stargate, they went ahead and stole the technology from an episode of Stargate, which is a giant Stargate in space that is about to send a fleet through. Yes. (laughs) They instead, they instead send a giant bomb on the other side, which creates a black hole, which destroys an entire fleet. So, uh, cool enough, I guess. (laughs) Uh. In terms of the props, I thought the props were really interesting. Not I bad. didn't hate the quote-unquote power armor. Uh, for me, it was more of a spacesuit than it was power armor, even though several people didn't get out of it. It was a mix, right? Yeah, yeah. All in all, not a great movie. Not the worst movie I've seen for our podcast. No, it's not. I exaggerated. Yeah. It is yeah. far from the worst. I mean, it has a one point two. It has a one point two user score. It can't be that far away from the worst one, but it's not the worst one. It's the worst one with real actors in it. That's no, right. no, I take that back. I'm now remembering several other films suddenly <laughs> having flashbacks over here. I think so in Breach, we talked about or at least I talked about how I thought the movie was better off with Bruce Willis in it. OK, I thought he really killed the role. He got the movie a bit more publicity than it, than it normally would. And you could tell he was enjoying himself. And in Cosmic Sin, this movie is worse off for having Bruce Willis in it. He is phoning it into the extreme and they could have taken the money they spent on him and got real aliens. <laughs> I didn't hate the alien costumes. I really didn't. Uh, they weren't uh, just it's a cheap science fiction thing to do where the alien is a parasite and it takes over their your human bodies because now they don't have to have alien props or CGI or sure. makeup or whatever. So it's a cheaper way of doing it. So I get why they would do that. But instead of doing that, don't have Bruce Willis. <laughs> he literally did nothing in this movie that couldn't have been done by a different character. Like the only important thing he did was at the very end, he pushed somebody and really he got pushed by them and yeah. it, whatever it, and then it just causes the bomb to go off. Like anyone could have been, anyone could have done that. Like we could have stuck with one character for the whole movie. Who is the main character in this film? Who was our lead? I believe it's Braxton, who is uh, Frank Grillo's nephew. Yeah. He doesn't even show up for the first 20 minutes of this 87-minute movie. No, Maybe he's 20 the, minutes he's is a bit the, much. He's, he's, he's there the pretty beginning. He's there as a random soldier in the first 10, 15, but they don't, he doesn't come back for a little while. And his motivations are all weird. And I just, he wasn't, I get that, like, looking back at the movie a day later now, you're right. He's probably the lead, but I don't think the story actually has a lead. And I don't think it has a good ensemble either because no one is actually, there's no character development in this movie. None. I think the only one that actually gets any character development is probably uh, Adelaide and Braxton. Braxton comes to terms with war and death in about 30 seconds. I, I don't know about, <laughs> he's a soldier. I don't know about 
that being character development. And I'm, I'm assuming the other actor you mentioned is the engineer who they keep calling yes. a wrench. Yeah. Yeah. I get that because she has her scene where she has to be, yeah, I'll do this even though it might be so horrible. I'm needed. So I'll do it for the cause. And that's it though. They get one scene of development. She doesn't change by the end of the movie. She's still sensitive. She's still the tech person. Right. The only thing keeping this movie at a 3% and not a 1% is no one looked at her and said, could you repeat that in English? Like if that <laughs> line had been in the movie, one. So this, that was, since it didn't have that line, that's why I'm okay with the 3%. <laughs> no, there's no character development. It doesn't feel like an ensemble. CJ Perry's character is kind of shoehorned in and she's in the first two minutes of her dialogue. She's like, I'm a warmonger. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She had a big halo looking sniper rifle. Cool. Some of the props are cool. Like I like what they did with the budget. When I mean, we talk a lot, like we can't compare this movie to Star Trek, right? You can't compare this movie to a big Marvel or Star Wars production. They did a good job with what they had as far as the sets and the props, but the story falls apart. The characters are just, I mean, they're cookie cardboard cutter. cut. Yeah. I was going to say cardboard cutouts. Yeah. Cookie cutter is great. Last bit of trivia about this movie, <laughs> please for, for the cast. Trevor Gretzky plays a character named Felix Zand, son of Wayne Gretzky. No, oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So at the beginning, Dr. Leah Goss states, I'm a doctor, not a god. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, the science fiction doctor made a Star Trek reference. <laughs> I also appreciated Sol Cantos carrying what appears to be a barrette 50 caliber there's a big Rifle? gun. Yeah. It's a that, big gun. I'm, I'm glad that in what, what, what year was it? 20? 25, 24. 20, you, 25, 24. Was... They're still using Barrett 50 cal. Well, I, I can't, I mean, it, I can't it's, be upset it's a about low that. budget science fiction movie. So it's I can't okay. be upset about that because yeah. Halo starts in 25, 25 or like the first Halo games, 25, 52, and they're using bullets. <laughs> so yeah. It's hard to, <laughs> so, but at least, at least the guns didn't look like something I could go get it. The Walmart. When the leader on that mining exposition or whatever pulls out her pistol, I was like, oh, look, it's a Glock. Oh, look, a Beretta or whatever that is. That's, I could, I saw that at Walmart. Look at that. Now everyone knows we live in Texas for sure. Because I just saw, I know that we've said it a lot, but now they know because I said, oh yeah, I saw a pistol for sale at Walmart. I feel like this movie took a lot of concepts from a lot of different movies and tried to mash them together. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Who's the writer on this? Oh, yeah. Edward Drake and Corey Large. Okay. So two people that are just making movies and they just made a bad one. Corey Large. I don't recognize any of these other films. I'm looking. He wrote in, in 2018, The Ninth Passenger, In Like Flynn, Breach, Cosmic Sin, Apex, American Siege, Gasoline Alley, Paradise City, and Hunted. Yeah. Now nah, he's in some stuff. Oh my gosh, Bruce Willis and John Travolta and Steven Dorff. <gasps> yeah. What are we talking about? Dang it. Paradise City. Unfortunately, this is decidedly not science fiction. But uh, Ryan Swan must carve his way through the Hawaiian crime world. Yeah. Hopefully it becomes science fiction, but <laughs> it just ends up like that. It's like, wait a minute, there's aliens now? Uh, yeah. I do not think this movie is worth the price of subscription. Oh. I mean, it's free, but it's... Uh, it's not free. It's on Netflix. It's painfully within the hour and a half mark at one hour and 28 minutes. Mm. This movie probably needed another 10. You talked about the editing and the pacing being weird. 
I want to talk about that for a moment. Okay. Because we complain about that a whole lot. It's easy to tell, I think, when a movie is being made by unmotivated amateurs. Not that we're professionals or anything like that. But we've seen some amateur B-movies or even fan films that are edited well and have a good pacing. Because the people understand the story they're trying to tell and they understand the goal and they understand the characters. And then you have something like this, which, like you said, just takes inspiration from everywhere. They have Bruce Willis on his power armor and <laughs> they're gonna jump. Hey, the the hard as nails trope female soldier has a big gun, bright yellow hair, because that will help you hide in the woods sure. and zombie type things. And we can kill whatever we want. And you know what? Let's use the F word as much as possible so we can get rated R so that dudes will want to watch this when it's on Netflix. Yeah. So this is very much a yeah. This is very much a yeah. paint by numbers film. It's a cookie cutter film with cookie cutter characters with a seed of a decent idea with destroying alien races as soon as they you come across them, mm-hmm. unless the initial interaction is positive for everyone. And I, I just I don't. How did this make money? I don't know if it did. <laughs> like it was made by. A product, two, two different production companies distributed by Saban Films. It's on Netflix. But these people, Edward Drake, Corey Large, we mentioned these other some of these other production companies. When I, they've made other movies. We've mentioned Breach. We've watched that before. That was better than this. Not fantastic, but better than this. It's solidly decent B-movie. How do they make money? What's the budget on this? Do we know? I have no information in regards to a budget. I'm going to do a quick search. I think the answer is actually pretty simple. Okay. Someone's going to watch it. You we know what I mean? It. Well, so there's, I mean, let's, let's go ahead and just pivot to another form of media books, right? Yeah. Millions of books. I, I have no yeah. idea how many books are published every single year in the United States. I have, I have no information in regards to that. Feel free to look it up while you're, while I'm saying it, but I don't think all of them are great. Not all of them can be quote unquote, New York's, bestseller list a new york times, new york times bestseller bestsellers yeah. but i think people still make a living off of it so i i think it's i wonder how much of it is literally just people like us who you know not necessarily because they're right there they have a podcast in regards oh i'm just going to read all the terrible books that i can find i think it's <laughs> marvel only makes so many movies a year right sure you're at the movie theater for example, because I guess this had a box office release somewhere. You just you're at the movies in downtown Los Angeles, and you're like, man, I want to go see a movie, but I don't want to see the Purge Nine or whatever they're calling this new one. Purge again? S- yeah, Spiral, a tale of <laughs> Saw. Like you know, like it, I mean, how many times can you milk a franchise? And then someone who these people that have barely have any money, all independently financed. And they just make a movie and then they release it. Now they just make them. So, but so but hold, on, have, hold on. Sorry. Hold on. Sorry. Yeah. The thing is, is while these aren't great movies, making bad things is the first step in the way of making good things. In theory, at some point, you know, Johnny Suits is going to hit. He's going to hit. He's going to make a movie and it's going to hit and people are going to know what it is. Maybe he'll get popular. I mean, that's what happened to all the big directors, like every single major director you've ever heard of made really bad, low budget movies or shorts or was in film school and like was a producer or associate director or director of filmography or cinematographer. They worked their way up. Yeah. And they just get their break. 
the movies that we watch today are no different because that was the whole point of the podcast. The straight to stream movies are no different than straight to DVD or straight to VHS or straight to television movies. Like the just yeah. the quality goes up a little bit because of the technology that we use. Sure, but like the, to counter that, you have something like Willy's Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that made on a budget of like ten million, maybe fifteen million? Yeah, something like that. Fantastic film through and through. Amazing right. film. Utilized the fact that Nick, Nick Cage is attached to it in the best way possible. They let Nick Cage be Nick Cage. Then we we have fan films, right? Or YouTube originals like uh, Ninjak vs. the Valiant Universe. Fantastic. Good, fun, superhero movie. Very low budget, right? Barely more budget than a CW show. We just got done with J. Cho July. We did J. Cho July. I say just got done. We did J. Cho July last month. <laughs> His movies are all made on less than $100,000. The last movie we reviewed for him was made on a budget of $5,000. And it's a good movie. Because the people who were involved with it cared about it and wanted to tell that story and had a vision that they wanted to fulfill. And then you have Cosmic Sin, who just the fact that Bruce Willis is there means they spent millions and millions of dollars on this movie, right? And the CGI, some of the CGI scenes and all the special and practical effects or whatever, you have this and it's just an obvious... Like sometimes, we, we've talked about it before, Was like sometimes like, okay, this story's really, really good but it's not told the best way. Like there's some, there's definitely, it's rough, right? Mm-hmm. Cosmic Sin isn't rough. These are people who have written other movies. These are people who've uh, acted in other things, produced other stuff, deliberately not caring enough about the product they put out. It's just a lack of pride that I find kind of, it's alien to me, I guess. And yeah. I and I, I say that having remembered how our podcast started, but we continuously <laughs> worked on getting it better, right? Like, it's like, we're, we're working on this. We're going to get it better. We're going to edit better. We're going to find a better pacing of our pot. You know, we worked yeah. on it. And I just don't see that happening with some of these production groups. And I'm not making fun of, I'm not mentioning things like Asylum, who are deliberately making bad movies that are supposed to be right. incoherent. And that's the humor in them, right? Tongue in cheek. This movie's taking itself seriously. At least in on the surface, in, in universe, in universe, yeah. Seriously, yeah. Breach. I think that I, I really, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I really wonder how much worse Breach would have been if it had a war, uh, a lesser director. It's fair because as much as we've said good and maybe more on a, on occasion <laughs> bad things about John Schutz's movies, his direction is great. Like he understands what is trying to happen, and I, I don't know. I think that. Um, I think I need to stop thinking about this movie is what I think. It is not worth the price of subscription. In fact, if you think you want to watch this movie, just cancel your Netflix subscription instead. <laughs> Put that money into the Sci-Fi Ways guys Patreon and we'll tell you what Hulu and Amazon <laughs> Prime movies you should be watching. I I wonder, did you ever, uh, I, I used to do this when I was in my, in my mid-20s. In my mid-20s when we started hanging out again, I would go to Walmart late at night Mm. And they would have yes. those big, those big bins of movies on DVD. And we had a mutual friend. And what he and I would do is we would go up to those bins and grab a movie that cost less than $10. The only rule was we couldn't already know what the movie was. Like, if that makes sense. Like, we had, it had we to had be no idea what ne- it was. Yeah. That neither of us had seen and neither of us had heard of. And I watched 
a lot of terrible movies because of that. Like, there's a movie called The God. You know, you know The Godfather, obviously. Uh, there's a movie. There's a movie Pierce- called The Godfather. Yeah, yeah. Shut up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hold on. There's a movie that came, that Christy Alley was in called The Last Dawn. It came out in 1997. It's it was a, like a quote unquote miniseries. I think they just re-edited it to be a, an actual film. This is one of the worst movies I think I've ever seen. But what I also did one day was grab a movie out of that bin, and that movie was called The Man Who Knew Too Little. Ooh. And it stars one Bill Murray in London, practically by himself with I mean, I'm not saying that his his co-star was no name, but I had no ne- I had no idea who she was. I recognized Peter Gallagher. Uh, and Alfred Molina, and it's just this straight-to-DVD movie, or maybe it came out in theaters in the early 90s or whatever, but I didn't see it. It was a movie that cost less than $10 out of a bargain bin, and it was a hit. And I think that's the whole point of our podcast, is we have to sl- not slug, we have to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Trudge. We have to trudge through just the trash that is Cosmic Sin and its ilk in order to find the Mythica movies. And you oh, know yeah. who we're doing it I for? Agree. The listeners, are we? <laughs> and the clout? No. Yes, for the for the listeners. <laughs> no, I enjoy I enjoy the pod. I'm not. I'm not yeah, I'm you just, know, no, that's what I'm saying. That we have to watch these movies in order to find the good ones. As a lesser content creator, <laughs> I don't understand not putting passion into your project. And Cosmic Sin lacks passion at every single level. And that's it. How hard is it to be Edward Drake? Who, as a director, God, I has, hope it's difficult. Who has directed such hits with eleven credits? Animals, Broil, Cosmic Sin. Right, those are the movies that he's made. Okay, and then you hit your production company. You talk to your casting director, and you're like, "I want a grizzled actor who's maybe past his prime that can that can really sell me on being someone who is out of the sphere." Right, and your casting director says, "Oh, we called Bruce Willis, and he picked up the phone, and he's going to be." This guy, whoever, whatever his character's name was. I don't even remember at this point. The blood uh, He's going to be Jack Ford, right? What a stupid name. Jack Ford. John Ford? Jack Ford? John yeah, Ford. It doesn't matter. And then he gets on set, and then you try to give Bruce Willis direction. You know, hey, Bruce, man, I, re- I really want you to get up for the scene. This is you finding out that the guy who essentially got you fired and blackballed from the military is going to do the exact same thing that you did X amount of years ago, and you're going to go with him. And I, I want you to get fired up for the scene. And then they start filming and he's like, okay, suit up. Like, it just, yeah. I, I, it's hard to give these guys direction. So maybe, maybe Edward Drake and the production company and everyone else had enthusiasm, but it was a bad script, a poor story. Butchered script at the very least. Yeah. And then an actor who, <laughs> Bruce Willis did Die Hard and now he's doing Cosmic Sin, right? Like this guy reached the highest of the highs. And now he's making low budget B movies because he has bills to pay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's, I don't yeah. see a single scenario in which this movie would have been good. It's unfortunate. Fair enough. Yeah. So fair enough. I would love Bruce Willis to either embrace the B movies and give it his all or just get out, get out of the <laughs> way and let other people that want to be there and have a passion for the story or acting. Cause as far as I can tell, he's played the same character in like 12 of these movies regardless i'm done go watch this movie if you like it's 88 minutes of pain uh minus three or four minutes of credits just do what you want don't listen to us i have one final thing that's not about this Uh, movie but it is about bruce willis okay share your bruce willis fact when we did no it's not a fact 
when we did the Suicide Squad, yes. I named Joel Kinnaman the runaway winner of the, I need an actor to look strung out and stressed and desperate and on the edge, right? I think yeah. he's the clear. I think he's the clear winner in modern cinema. Is Bruce Willis the exact same? He has pole position on the. We have a character that's that needs to be apathetic and gruff. Because when I think of the words apathetic and gruff in my head, Bruce Willis pops into my mind. I would agree with you, except that Frank Grillo was standing right next to him. <laughs> so no. But Frank Grillo's not apathetic. He, in this movie, he was just as apathetic and gruff. Uh, He's like, well, I got to do this. This is going to ruin, you know, I'm going to take the fall for this and let's not get the Senate involved and blah, blah, blah. Like, they're the same character. I, he at least expresses emotion. <laughs> yeah. I, well, so he's a better version of that character. You could just release, yeah. re, re, release, <laughs> release and remove Bruce Willis and just make Frank Grillo play both characters. And I'm not even talking like merge the characters in the story. I'm saying if you just get Frank Grillo and he films all of his bits as Frank Grillo and then he shaves his beard or his head, I don't care which one, and then he plays Bruce Willis's part. Oh, what? no, what if he and didn't do that? And no, he literally just plays two different characters while looking the exact same. No one acknowledges it. There's no throwaway line that they're brothers or cousins or twins or anything. It's just, yeah. Ugh. I'm, in, I'm into your idea. Well, whatever it is, Frank Grillo should have played everyone in this movie. If you're into our other ideas, you can head on over to your favorite social media platform. We are at Sci-Fi Wise Guys on Twitter and Instagram. And on Facebook, the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast group. Join in the discussion. We post our updates every Monday because uh, that's usually when our episodes are released. And then whenever we decide to release another episode, you'll get an update for that as well. Head on over to your podcasting platform of choice. Find our podcast, rate it, review, five stars, five stars, subscribe, download and listen to every episode if you haven't done it already. And if you leave a five-star review, I will read it on the podcast. So make sure it's not something your mom wouldn't want you to say. And lastly, I mentioned it earlier, you can join our Patreon group at patreon.com slash sci-fi wise guys. Dollar a month gets you behind the scenes, content, cut scenes, and all of our mainline episodes early. And of course, we really, really appreciate it. And just remember to stay safe, stay hydrated, and remember that you are loved by the hosts and the community of this podcast. Bye. Thanks, guys. Oh, so I, I stepped outside this morning. Um, I made some coffee. Okay. So I come out there and then I had, she's like, oh, cool coffee. She's on a, her laptop, like literally on a call. And then she points and I look and I look harder. Like, what is she pointing at? And hanging from my light, my outdoor light is the tiniest of wasp nests. Mm. And I just looked at her. <laughs> she laughed at me, but I looked at her and I said, like this, I just went one hand motion. Let's go. Walked inside. <laughs> Were they were they mud daubers or actual wasps? No, they're actual wasps. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. um, we've had we've had them before, so I I killed them. I sprayed the out of it, and one was like crawling away. I sprayed that one, like just in case. One flew, but it was kind of like, eh, so I'm hoping it died out in the yard. And then I was like, oh, let me move because this I sprayed too much, right? And so like the it foams up and it's coming down the side of the house down the, the patio, and I'm like, oh, I don't want it to hit the chairs. Let me move this chair out of the way. 
and we start to move the second chair out of the way and I look behind it to see if because I know some of them had fallen like were they just hanging out back there or whatever and there was a mm-hmm. second wasp nest like on the back of my chair it was like it was weird it was round like three or four inches across like in diameter okay yeah so I got I sprayed that too so I haven't been outside again mm. but uh man I hate wasps man 